Well, welcome to Recharge, everybody. That's what's happening right now. We're getting recharged. And that's what happens when you come together in a corporate anointing. It becomes like one of those great times of refreshing. It becomes like a revival of fresh air. Amen. A recovery even from the effects of heat. Praise God. So, Father, right now we approach your word humbly. We thank you, Father, for utterance being given tonight by the Spirit of God. We thank you, Lord, that our hearts are being strengthened. Our eyes are being enlightened. And we're being encouraged in you tonight. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Well, you may be seated and open your Bibles tonight to the book of Romans. And we're going to look at Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Tonight I want to talk a while on freedom and transformation. Getting a little echo in here on that one. Freedom and transformation. Now they go together. Now when you uh, get serious in your walk with God, and you receive with a sensitive heart, and you receive with an open heart, the engrafted word or the implanted word, what you're going to see is change. The Word of God will change the way that you think. The Word of God will change the way that you believe and the way that you speak. And so it's directly connected to the renewal of our mind. And that's what Romans 12, 2 says. He says, and be not conformed to this world. Instead of being conformed to this world, we are to be transformed by what? by the renewing of our mind and when we new, re renew our mind then we will be able to prove what is the good acceptable and perfect will of God can you say amen? amen and so when you get your mind renewed you'll start experiencing freedom you'll start experiencing liberty in many areas of your life but the one that I want to center in on tonight is the area of your soul. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7, in the message translation, it says this, Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, His blood poured out on the altar, we're a free people. Can you say, I'm a free person? We are a free people free of penalties and punishments, chalked up by all of our misdeeds, and not just barely free either, but abundantly free. Amen. Now let's just read that last phrase together. Ready? Read. And not just barely free either, but abundantly free. You know, we just got done with a little mini-series on Zoe, the God kind of life. Jesus came that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. And part of that abundant life provides for you and I complete freedom. Total freedom. Freedom from the curse. Freedom from various things that would try to hold us back and hold us down. Now, in John, in the 8th chapter, in the 36th verse, in the Amplified, it says this. So if the Son liberates you, that's another way of saying if He sets you free. So when the Son liberates you, it makes you free men. Then you are really and unquestionably free. Amen. 
So there's no question about it. We are free. We are not in bondage. We are not in bondage to the traditions of men. We are not in bondage to religious spirit. Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And God has given us a book. And we are to look into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein. And as we do so, we'll not be forgetful hearers, but we will become doers of the Word of God. And as we stay in the Word, the Word stays in us, and the Word of God that has made you free will keep you free, and you'll be free from here on out. Everyone shout freedom in Christ Jesus. Totally free in your spirit. Totally free in your mind. Totally free in your body. Now one of the biggest areas that I believe a lot of Christians need to experience, and all of us really, is freedom in our soul. Freedom in our minds. Freedom in our emotions. Your soul is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. You are a spirit, the Bible says. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and notice with me in verse 23. It says there, and the very God of peace. Aren't you glad he's a God of peace? Sanctify you or separate you completely. And I pray your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved or literally kept intact until the Lord Jesus Christ comes. Amen. But what I want you to see here is it says spirit, soul, and body. We are not a body. We live in a body. We have been instructed to do something with our bodies. What is that, Pastor Mark? To present it to God as a living sacrifice every day so that we might live a holy life, so that we might live a life that is ready and prepared to be used for the Master in this day and this hour. Amen? So God is going to use people that are sanctified. And I'm not talking about some outward sanctification. I'm talking about an inward sanctification that comes from the Word, that comes from fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And as you are sanctified, you become meet or able for the Master's use. Amen. You won't have to work it up. You'll just be on go. You'll just be ready. Praise God. Because your spirit, man, and your soul and your body are in alignment. Amen. So with my spirit, I'm created in the image and likeness of God, and so are you. Say this with me. I I am a spirit. I have a soul. And I live in a physical body. Now notice this verse of 1 Thessalonians 5.23 in the Amplified, if they have it. It says, And may the God of peace himself sanctify you through and through. Thoroughly sanctified. thoroughly sanctified that's you that's us we're thoroughly sanctified and sanctification is an ongoing process 
Because there are some things that will try to pull us out of sanctification. There are some polluting things. There are some profane things. There is the spirit of this age that would try to distract us and take us off of that track of sanctification. But you and I, we're going to stay on track. We're going to stay on the path and we're going to walk with Him. May He sanctify you through and through. This is a prayer that you can pray for me. This is a prayer that I can pray for you. Lord, sanctify us. Sanctify the church through and through. The word sanctification is separation. Separate us from profane things and make us pure and wholly consecrated to God. And may your spirit and soul and body once again be preserved sound and complete. God wants his people to be sound in their soul. There is freedom available from an unsound mind. He wants us to exercise soul control under the control of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Amen. Be preserved sound, not unsound. God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love. And what kind of a mind? A sound mind. A solid soul. A soul that is under the bishop of our soul, who superintends and watches over our soul day and night. Oh, that's such good news. And so Jesus then wants all of us to be whole in our soul. In 3 John 2, there's a lot of different translations. I'll quote the first one to you. He says, Beloved, I wish or I pray. In other words, this came from the heart of John, who was the apostle of love. And he loved the people so much that he prayed for them diligently. And he says, my heart's desire, beloved, I pray above all things. That's a pretty big thing right there. Above all things that you may prosper. Now notice, and be in health even as your soul prospereth. When the soul prospereth, health and healing and soundness and the peace of God follows suit. When the soul doesn't prosper, that's when the door is open to torment and fear. So he said, I pray that you prosper. Another translation says this, and I think it's the Amplified where he says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in every way. Anybody open to prospering in every way? In your relationships. Amen. In your church. In your pajamas. Wherever you are. In every way. It's the plan of God for you to prosper. When you sit down to eat, may you prosper. When you have that ice cream sundae, may you prosper. 
I pray <laughs> that you may prosper in every way and that your body may keep well. Thank God for a kept body. We are kept by the power of God until, unto salvation until the coming of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I call you healed. I call every organ and every tissue of our bodies functioning in the perfection to which God created to function in Jesus' name. I call kidneys healed. I call livers healed. I call knees healed. I call necks healed. I call you healed. I call you whole. I call you well. I call you prospering in every way. Every way. Whoo, glory. So I pray that you may prosper in every way and that your body may keep well, even as I know your soul keeps well and prospers. If you will control your soul under the leadership of the Spirit and under your blood covenant and the Word of God, you will stay well and keep well. And so Jesus has paid the price for us to be whole and to be restored in our soul. In Matthew chapter 11, in verse 28 and in verse 29, it says there that we can come to Him. We came to Him in worship tonight. We're coming to Him in the Word of God. We're giving Him our all. We're giving Him our attention. We're giving Him our worship. So we have come to Him. He says, All you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your soul. I will ease. I will relieve. Ah. I will refresh your soul. Everybody just breathe in. The refreshing's all over this place tonight because we've come to Him. He's easing. He's relieving. And He's refreshing our souls. He says in verse 29, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I'm gentle and meek and humbly, lowly in heart, and you will find rest, relief, ease and refreshment and recreation and blessed quiet for your souls. Men and women with a sound mind are not easily distracted by the noise that is in this world. Men and women who have sound minds have learned to step out of the busy traffic of life and come to Him and abide in Him and dwell in Him and love on Him and then He loves on you and then you're just having a Holy Ghost party where the presence of God is just permeating you and refreshing you 
encouraging you and strengthening you for what lies ahead. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just lift up our hands and praise Him for a moment. Glory to God. Go ahead and pray in the Spirit just for a moment. Oh, prakiseando, e caloso ampaliete, o mike sola brafeyete, o lisishelenkota. We come aside tonight, Lord, magnifying you, praising you. Ha ha. Even as you came aside, even as you removed yourself from the busyness of life to wait upon your Father, we wait upon you in your presence tonight. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Another translation says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn me. Let me teach you. Because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and my burden is light. Everyone say, light Light. and easy easy. is his yoke. And so he is our good shepherd. And as our good shepherd, what he does for the people that he loves and his children... Psalms 23 says, He restoreth our soul. He restores our soul. Philip Keller, in his book, A Shepherd's Look at the 23rd Psalm, talked about sheep. He was a shepherd. And he talked about how the shepherd would discover that there was a missing sheep somewhere and just didn't know exactly where that sheep was. But all of a sudden, the shepherd heard a noise, and it really was a sheep that fell over, and it was laying on its back. And when a sheep would lay on its back, they would call it a cast sheep. And a cast sheep, if it didn't get upright in a, in a, in a, in a right amount of time, that sheep would die. But Keller said the good shepherd would go there, And he would just pull that little sheep up by the wool and start rubbing the little sheep and start talking to it and telling that sheep that they could make it. And then eventually that sheep was able to get up and stand on its feet again. There are a lot of cast sheep now in the body of Christ. And he's looking for shepherds like you and shepherds like me. Those of us that have a heart for people to go out and seek and to save and go for the one that has left the 99. And they may be on their back and they may be just in a whirlwind of trouble. But you and I, we are people of God that can pour in the oil. Come on. And we can pour in the wine. We don't get down there and condemn them. You're down there because of your sin. You're down there because you've been laying on the couch during this pandemic. No, you're just going to get down there and you're going to speak words of life to them. Words of life to them. And to lift them so that they can back on their feet and serve God the way He wants to be served. Somebody shout Amen. Glory to God. And so the word restore, it means to to turn back 
or to return. To turn back or to return. And he's given us the resources for that. He said in Psalm 19 and verse 7, he said that the law of the Lord or the word of the Lord is perfect. Don't you know God's word is perfect? The word of the Lord is perfect and it literally converts the soul. It changes things. It takes a person from unsoundness to soundness. Another translation says, the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. Still another one says, the law of the word Lord is perfect and it revives the soul. Anybody here tonight ever feel like you needed a revival in your soul? Anybody ever felt like you needed some refreshing in your soul? Well, the Word of God will do that. And the presence of the Lord will do that every time. Look with me at James chapter 1 and verse 21. Praise God. James, the first chapter, and... uh, in, I think it's verse 21. Here's our part. Our part is to lay certain things aside. How many of you know there's some things in our lives that uh, God wants to be laid aside? One of the things that He wants us all to lay aside is the weights. He said, lay aside the weights and the sins which does so easily beset And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. So there are things that all of us, God deals with to lay aside. And they may be perfectly legitimate things, but not profitable things. Amen? Amen. Not necessarily sin per se, but something that perhaps the Lord has been dealing with us on to lay aside. And he never tells you and I to lay aside some things to punish us. Because he always has something better for us on the other side of the laying aside. Amen? Now notice this in James 1st chapter verse 21. It says here, Wherefore lay apart, lay aside, all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, basically sin, And don't just do that, but then get in the receiving mode. Be a, not only a lay asider, but be a receiver. A receiver. And receive with meekness. That word meekness there means have a teachable spirit or have a teachable heart or be sensitive to what God is saying to you. Receive with meekness the engrafted word that word engrafted there means the implanted word I mean the word that goes from beyond our head and drops into our heart that revelation knowledge receive with meekness the engrafted word and what will it do it will then be able to save to restore to convert our souls. Here's a couple thoughts. Here's a couple things that can help a person start this freedom 
and this transformation process. We've already thrown out several keys. But here's another one that's important. It may not apply to anyone in the building tonight, but this is a good word anyway. Because all of us have been there. Sometimes we kind of get into pride and think that we can do life on our own. You know, after all, I'm, I'm a man. I got this. You don't got this. He's got you. You ain't got nothing without him. <laughs> but it's true. And, and, and sometimes when, when people are going through difficult times, they want to hide what's going on. Now, you don't throw yourself open to everybody, but there is somebody that God will put across your path so that you don't have to be isolated any longer, but that you can come into communion with and fellowship with so that they can bring the help that you need. Good word. And so, for freedom and transformation, we must come out of isolation. I had to do that back in the 70s. I had friends that had been through treatment. I was teetering back and forth. Should I, should I not, should I what? Finally, I reached out to my friends. They told me what I needed to do. I reached out to my parents. They told me what I needed to do, and I did it. I had to come out of isolation. I couldn't hide behind the hurt or the addiction any longer. And whatever it might be for a person, whatever the challenge is that is keeping them from freedom and transformation, it's so important to confront it. What you don't confront, you will never conquer. You understand when I say you. I'm trying to, you know, stop saying you all the time and saying we. Because it's us-ins, it's we-ins. Right? What we don't confront, we'll never conquer. But Mark, Pastor Mark, I'm more than a conqueror. Yes, you are. But you need to experience the reality of that scripture by opening yourself up to getting the help that is required to get there. And then secondly, here's another thing that will help us on the road of transformation and freedom, and that is we must change the narrative in our minds. We must change the daily conversations that we've been having with ourselves that are outside of our covenant. Change it. In other words, we all need to get proficient at replacing the lies that are coming. I know none of you sanctified saints have never experienced any lies. Right? No, every day. Lies come to us in different forms. For one person it may be this, another person it may be that. But we must become proficient then at replacing those lies with the truth. All lies come from 
the enemy of our soul. He's not happy about Jesus in you. He's not happy about you going to heaven. But while you're here on earth, he's going to try to bring all the hell he possibly can. So therefore, we need to be proficient and not lollygag around with this word. Not be lazy about this word. Not just be a Sunday morning attender and a Christian pretender the rest of the week. That wasn't very nice. (laughs) Hallelujah. So Jesus then, he is the bishop of our souls and his word will uphold us. I've written in my notes, no matter what the enemy may say, I have the last word. You have the final authority. What does this mean, Pastor Mark? It means that we can say what God has said. And when we say what God has said and believe it, we will have what we say. Famous lies that come from the enemy and how to replace them. One is, man, you're so homely. You are ugly. And you are really out of shape. Look at that person on TV. They got a 26 waist. And what's your waist? You got to replace that lie. And just open up your Bible to Psalm 139 and say, Devil, I don't know if you can read or not, but here's what my father says about me. My father says about me that I am fearfully and I am wonderfully made. That I'm created in the image and likeness of God. That I am His masterpiece. I am the handiwork of God. Excuse me, devil. What'd you say? You trump what He say by what you say. And if you will say what He said, you'll have what you say. That's what Jesus said. Here's another one. Well, I'm not finished with that yet. Look at over at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. We got a little bit more time. Ephesians, the second chapter, the 10th verse. Say it with me. We're getting recharged tonight. Recharge. Recharge. Now let's read this verse together. For we are His workmanship. We're His what? God don't make junk. God don't make homely people. We're His workmanship. And so our answer to that needs to be, there's nothing wrong with me, devil. Something's wrong with you. 
I'm God's favorite child. I'm worthy of being loved and having great relationships. People may try to put you down, but they can't keep you down because there's a resurrected one living in your heart that raised you up. Amen. Here's another one. You can't do that job. What are you kidding me? Don't even, don't even bother applying for that job. Would to God that more people would be doing some applying, but we're not going there. You, you just, you're not, you're not sharp enough. You're not bright enough. You only have a high school education. You can't do that job. Excuse me? Excuse me? I can, Mr. Devil, do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. My God has given me His mind. I have the mind of Christ. And He's making me of a quick understanding. So wherever He leads me, and whatever he job, job He puts me on and leads me to, I'll be able to do it. Because I'm not doing it in my own strength. I'm doing it in Him for the glory of God. Try that on for size right now and say with me, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And don't ever buy into the lie that you're stuck. You're stuck. You're not going to go anywhere. You're just stuck, man. You've come far enough and the ceiling is right there. I serve a God who blows off ceilings. I serve a God who removes the roofs. Here's our answer to that. Uh-uh. I'm going onward and I'm going upward. I'm not a victim of circumstance. I will live in victory in Jesus' name. So whatever the lie is, replace it with truth. We must remove negative labels. Remove the negative labels. Don't allow the world to put a label on you. Don't anyone, don't let anyone call you what God hasn't called you. When I was a kid, they called me a lot of things. Some of the things we can't mention in church. But they said, well, he'll be behind bars before he's 21. He'll be dead before he's 30. Thank God. I got a hold of the word. And God's word has kept me. And God's word will keep you. And God's word will keep your loved ones. So don't give up on your loved ones. Don't give up on family. Don't give up on your friends. As long as there is a God on the throne and a God in you, there is hope. Hallelujah. We're not giving up. So remove those negative labels. Here's what God's Word says we are in closing. In 1 Peter chapter 1, in verse 9, 
God says that we are a chosen generation. That we are a royal priesthood. In Psalm 17, in verse 8, God says that you are the very apple of my eye. Look at Psalms 5 and verse 12. Psalms 5, verse 12. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. We got sound minds in this house. We're not going to lose our minds. No, we're not going to lose our minds. We're not going to lose our memories. The memory of the just is blessed. We're not going to bowl, you know, buy into old jokes. Uh, you're getting old. I guess you're losing your memory. Ha, ha, ha. No, not mine. My memory's blessed. Let's stand for that. Well, you know, they say the older you get, the more forgetful you get. Don't buy into it. Declare, I have a sharp mind. My memory's blessed. Praise God. Don't worry about if you can't remember somebody's name. Maybe you're supposed to forget it. <laughs> I won't bring Brenda in on this, but she has a delete button. And none of you have been deleted. And I thank God I haven't been deleted yet. No, seriously. We have the mind of Christ. And really, you remember from your heart that goes to your soul. If you're having a little difficulty in that area, you're trying to remember something, pray in the Holy Ghost. Just pray in the Spirit. You know what will happen? It will come up. It will just come up. Hallelujah. Say it with me. i got a sound mind. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Let's give Him praise tonight. Glory to God. Glory Soundness. Soundness in our souls. I see it, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So don't allow yourself to go there and to think about what people have done wrong to you in the past. Don't hold grudges. Don't hold any bitterness in your soul. For grudges and strife will affect your soundness of mind. For where there is strife, there is confusion and every evil work. That's what James says. For envying is and strife is, there's confusion. A person with a sound mind doesn't have a confused mind. And if you want to keep an unconfused mind, stay out of strife. Stay out of unforgiveness. For heaven's sake, forgive for your benefit. 
We can't afford it. I can't afford to hold a grudge. I know what I've been forgiven of. I know what God's done in me and for me. And I want to keep myself pure. Corinthians says, Having therefore these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. When you fear God and you reverence God, you will not want anything to do with filthiness in your flesh or in your spirit. And one of the filthiest things that can come into a man or woman's spirit is bitterness and unforgiveness and strife. Hebrews says that when a person is bitter, it develops a root. I think it's Hebrews something to 18, whatever. A root of bitterness. And when that root of bitterness springs up, because it does grow, the enemy will make a mountain out of a mohill. And it can grow and grow and grow. And it says, when it grows by that, many become defiled. No defilement for us. Folks, we've come too far. We've got further to go. There's more. There's more shakabo sata. There's more harvest to reap. There's more miracles to see. There's more manifestations for our families to be. Hallelujah. There's more missions to reach. There's more homeless to serve. Come on, so saints. We come a mighty long way, but we got more way to go. What do you say we go it quick and bright and sharp and free from any defilement for God's glory? Freedom and transformation is ours. Let's stand.